I will never forget that phone call. I was shaking. I wanted to pass out. It was like an out-of-body experience. I run downstairs to tell my husband. We pack up and we head to the hospital. And we begin the first day of the rest of our new lives with cancer. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Big Time Adulting Podcast. I'm Caitlin Murray. Why do I say that? You know where you are. Today, I am going to sort of reshare a a newly cut, newly edited version of the first story that I ever shared on my podcast over two years ago. It's an episode that had like no listens for a while because nobody knew I had a podcast. Uh, Nobody cared. (laughs) And It's the story of my big time adulting moment that many of you know about, that you're aware of. It's about a really horrific time in my life as a young mother, and I certainly learned a lot along the way. Uh, Fast forward to today, uh, Callum is, is thriving. He's just turned 10 years old. He is completely healthy, although he did puke last night uh, with the stomach bug, uh, which is just just another wonderful part of having children, just that constant fear that we live in of our kids getting hit by the stomach bug at any given moment. It never ends. But without further ado, uh, here it is. On episode one, I mentioned I would describe a little bit more about myself, which is useful since I'm like a no-name person, unlike some other popular podcast hosts who I love, like Dax Shepard from Armchair Expert or Brene Brown from Unlocking Us or Sean Hayes, Will Arnett, and Jason Bateman from that podcast, Smartless. Those guys are so funny. But I, you know, I feel like saying the names of these kind of podcast giants and now hosting a podcast myself feels intimidating because, you know, I have no background in entertainment, you know. I did star in a couple of my high school theater productions, but no star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame quite yet. I also have no advanced degrees. I did once complete a defensive driving course to lower my insurance after speeding and getting too many points on my driver's license. But that doesn't really qualify me to say anything outside of, you know, don't speed. So basically, take everything you hear me say here with a fucking grain of salt, okay? I'm just going to be spewing some shit from time to time. However, despite my lack of qualifications or notoriety, I do have a personal story. And I just wanted to talk about sort of the reason why I'm here. And um, well, really, it's mostly because I'm a loud mouth who can't help herself from sharing her motherhood experiences with anyone willing to listen. Or I don't know, maybe I'm just fucking bored out of my mind from hanging out with my small children for 95% of the last seven years. Maybe that's it. But, you know, beyond my propensity to overshare my sort of diarrhea of the mouth situation, there is something that happened to me as a mom that kind of launched me on this whole journey of blogging and then Instagram and now podcasting, which was, in fact, a a very sad uh, and scary event. And And what happened is that in December of 2016, my three-year-old son, Callum, who uh, is my firstborn, 
was diagnosed with leukemia. His subtype of leukemia is called acute lymphoblastic leukemia, and it happens to be the most common form of childhood cancer. However, it is really quite rare for children to get cancer, which is a huge comfort for parents, of course. So here's what happened. My son turned three in November, 2016. He sails through this three-year checkup. He's healthy and meeting or exceeding all his milestones. He's dropped his nap. He's in a little school program, a threes program, and he's thriving. Fast forward maybe three weeks, we're in early December and my son gets sick, but like not cancer sick, just like he has a stomach bug and he recovers from the stomach bug and he stops throwing up, but then he gets sick pretty much immediately again. And this time he gets sick with some sort of like upper respiratory infection virus. And he seems pretty much to have like a really bad cold, which was quite normal for this time of the year. I mean, we're talking December. So um, I take him to the doctor to get looked at and I make sure there's no obvious signs of infection going on. And still at this point, everything is presenting as sort of a normal sickness. Now it's like a week later and my son is really starting to decline. He was coughing kind of constantly, hacking at night and up a lot of the night because of his cough. And then his skin color was turning this sort of very pale and with like a yellow hue to it. He also had like no appetite whatsoever, no interest in even his favorite foods. And he was so low on energy. And I was like, you know, is he just exhausted from being up last night coughing or is this something else going on? And then he started developing fevers and they were fevers that were lasting now about six or seven days, there were red flags going up everywhere for me. And I'm like kind of a nervous wreck whenever my kids get sick, but this was becoming next level for both my husband and I. And we were both becoming concerned that and of course, like an idiot, I go to Dr. Google. That guy is a fucking asshole who nobody should ever visit, right? But I started to think after, you know, Googling all of his symptoms and trying to put two symptoms together. And I'm like, you know, nighttime cough and cancer, pediatric cancer. And I'm like, holy shit, what if this is cancer? And I was just basing this off of his worsening symptoms and the fact that Dr. Google tells everyone they have cancer. And so this is all happening pretty much in the week leading up to Christmas that year. And my mom is coming to town to spend the holiday with us. And I'm taking the kids to the train station to greet her. And I have to physically wake Callum up from a two hour nap, which was fucking nuts because he rarely, if ever, was napping at that point anymore. And it was in that moment that I got him up and he was irritated and exhausted that I knew something was really wrong. I, my, my heart sank through the floor. I pick up my mom and I'm so happy to see my mom. Isn't it funny how that is when you're scared or you're nervous? Even when you're a grown up, you still want your mom. And so thank God she was there that day. And I, I go to hug her and she knows I'm upset. And I'm like 
tears in my eyes and she's asking me what's wrong and I'm telling her I'm not sure, but we have to go straight to the doctor. So we get to the doctor. I tell the doctor there that I want blood work and I even mention the fucking C word to her. And she essentially dismisses me and she didn't raise any red flags that day. And I left there feeling very unsatisfied and we were sent home basically just to monitor him over the weekend and come back in a couple of days if he doesn't improve. So now it's the weekend, Christmas happens. He has pretty much no interest in even opening his presents, which is like, if that's not a signal that a three-year-old isn't feeling well, I don't fucking know what is. And so now it's Monday, the day after Christmas, and Callum is looking and feeling awful. And we're in the middle of a little brunch, a family brunch, and I can't even get the kid to take a bite of cake. And so I'm like about to throw up. I'm so nauseous with worry at this point. So I pack him up. I bring him back to the doctor. And this time I say, we are not leaving without blood work. And Honestly, bam, two hours later, we get a call back telling us that his results came back and they're very concerning and we need to take him to the emergency room at the local children's hospital right away. And I will never forget that phone call. I was shaking. I wanted to pass out. It was like this wave comes over you and you feel like you're having kind of an out of body experience. And I run downstairs to tell my husband what the doctor has just told me. And we pack up and we head to the hospital where essentially we begin the first day of the rest of our new lives with cancer. This is where I'd like to just stop and say that your mom instincts are important. You need to listen to them and you have to be an advocate for your children. And you will never, ever regret going the extra mile when it comes to your kids and getting an answer that feels right for you. And even if you get the good answer that is, you know, you don't have anything to worry about. We saw the blood work. It looks normal. He's going to get better, which, you know, I prayed would have been what happened to us, but it wasn't. But had I not gone the extra mile that day and insisted on the blood work, I worry about what could have happened to Callum. By the time we get to the hospital, he's too weak to undergo the main diagnostic test for leukemia, which is a bone marrow aspirate. And he is too weak to get this, this procedure done. He needs to undergo a couple of blood transfusions first. And so they give him blood infusions and we get him this diagnostic test. And I can, I'll never forget him falling asleep in my arms from the anesthesia and having to lay him down on this operating table and walk away from him that day and leave him alone in an operating room. And in less than 48 hours, we had this official diagnosis of pre-B cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia. I'm not sure what I did expect because I didn't know one way or another, but it just seemed to have happened so fast and immediately and without preparation, I had to become the bravest version of myself. You know, a version of myself I never wanted to have to be, a version of myself that I know any parent would and could become if they were faced with the same situation because you have no choice, you just have to do it. 
Our lives were changing before our eyes and the fear and the sadness of all of this was crippling. You know, I didn't want to eat, sleep, move. I just wanted this to go away. I, I know people who have suffered real pain or loss understand me when I say this was really like an out of body experience. I'm in an ambulance ride with my son down to the new hospital where we're going to begin treatment. And I'm trying to make this ambulance ride fun for him because I didn't want him to be scared. But, you know, behind this facade, I was absolutely terrified because I knew that once we arrived at that new hospital, we would have to begin facing this diagnosis head on and the thought of my son starting chemotherapy and getting poison pumped into his little tiny body just scared the shit out of me. You just sort of step up to the plate and deal with it. And I can remember being at the hospital in those first few weeks after his diagnosis and almost developing like a sense of calm because I had this feeling that my son was going to be okay. But then this one evening, I was going to grab some water from the pantry um, on our floor. And I walked by one of the rooms with all of these family members gathered outside of it. And, you know, it hit me that a child had just died inside that room. And I just rounded the corner and I crumbled. And the reality of where we were really set in. Um, and let me tell you, it was a long road filled with a lot of ups and downs and some really tough chemo treatments for my son and hair loss and throwing up and zero immune system and pain and anxiety and all the awful things that you could imagine about watching your child undergo treatment for leukemia. But we have our son who is fully finished with his treatment. It took about three and a half years. We were given a treatment end date of March of 2020. And holy shit, uh, that was exactly when coronavirus hit New York where we live. And we were right back to quarantining all of a sudden. And it was a tough decision to have that third baby since we were still going through a lot with our son being in treatment. And whew, it has been somewhat of an ass kicking, I will tell you, because this kid is wild. But I often feel, um, you know, like following my heart and following my dream of having three kids particularly after going through so much with our son is truly my life's greatest achievement. It's one of the things that I'm proudest to have accomplished today. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know how I feel also about the newborn and baby and pregnancy phases, which is that I fucking hate them. But in any event, I guess that the experience that we had been through with our son I felt like it gave me sort of a license, if you will, to say pretty much whatever the fuck I wanted about motherhood. Uh, like, you know, you can get some trolls out there on the internet who have the audacity to call mothers ungrateful if they make jokes or share in the strifes over how difficult it can be to be a mother. And to those people, I say, bitch, you don't know my life. Like, believe me, I spent years at the hospital with my firstborn child and I went through some pain deeper than I imagined 
possible in that process. So yeah, I am grateful as fuck for my kids, but I still make fun of them on the daily because it's the only way through it. Sometimes you have to laugh and you know, that's where I feel like I really excel as a mom anyway, making fun of my children. And, uh, you know, there are two other sort of key players I haven't mentioned in this episode yet of, uh, how I got started and without whom I would have not survived. And those people are my daughter and my husband. And my daughter, um, she was one year old when my son was diagnosed, um, had to make so many sacrifices that she had no idea that she was even making at such a young age for her brother and staying home with him all the time and not going to any programs or playgrounds or outings. And she was the fire and the fun in our house. And she kept it normal for him and for us. And I thank God for her every day and for her spirit and her feistiness and for the way that she is because she pushed him and she always pushed herself because she's super competitive and that made her brother do more and be better at a time where I couldn't have pushed him. I wouldn't have pushed him and he may not have pushed himself. And so I feel like we just have her to thank for being there for him as his rock and then there's my husband, Mike, who is a total rock star. Uh, actually, he's he's not a rock star, literally. He works in the financial industry, which is sort of the opposite of being a rock star, but he is like the greatest human and he does fucking rock. Like if you saw him on the street, you'd be like, that guy rocks. I'm just kidding. I don't know if you'd say that. Maybe you would. I don't know. Anyway. We have a great marriage and we've been through a lot together and I'm just so happy that it went the way that it did in terms of us being able to be good support system for each other through it all. Anyway, I just felt like it was important to share my story of how I got started on Instagram and how really validating this experience has been and how wonderful it's been to be able to be really open and raw and vulnerable and cry, I guess, and meet so many people along the way who feel so similarly to me in the ways of motherhood. And now I'm super excited to be, you know, dipping my toes into this little podcast pool. Subscribe to my shit. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you so much for listening. If the show tickled you, inspired you, share it with a friend and please rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts because it's actually really helpful to me. And if you want to share your big time adulting moment or be a guest on our show, please write to me at bigtimeadultingpodcast, all one word at gmail.com and subscribe to my magazine, Soul Snacks, where I curate everything you need to know into a tiny, neat little space. Now get yourself a snack.